You are now tuned in to 3 Plus 1, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. 3 Plus 1 is a multi-generational podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. And we're back for another week of the 3 Plus 1 podcast. But we are joined by this week's guest, Tracy Bonner, date yourself girl, noted Atlanta actress, as well as entertainment coach. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Tazzy, welcome back. What's up, baby? So, Tazzy, you know, today you're in uh, the studio with no makeup. No makeup. Has it been that rough of a weekend? What is going on the reason why I don't have any makeup on right now is because I'm going somewhere afterwards and I want it fresh makeup on for when I go because if I sit up in this musty ass cat room that you Ooh. have us in my makeup's mm. gonna look old and just worn down by the time I get where I'm going with. so you say that it's my fault mm. that you're that you sometimes look a little worn down I was assuming I worn down. that you cl- since you claim uh, that you were going to be really emphasizing and working really hard this week with, the, with shooting I was assuming and if you had a really long shoot, I quit that project. Let- yeah, so you quit the project. Yes, I did. Tracy, she quit the project. I did. Tazzy, tell us what t- what happened. Um, I actually rather not talk about it on the air. You have to give us some insight. Uh, we've been talking about. This whole season, this great feature film that you're getting ready to do, I've been very excited. Mm-hmm. I'm emotionally vested in your journey. Just give us some kind of insight into what happened as to why you're not continuing. Um, Just give us a little insight. We don't want you to... Uh, a little no slander, no libel, but just facts. Um, there was almost a point of physical interaction and... Fighting almost happening. So, were you an actor on this project? No. Tazzy is a an aspiring director producer. Oh, awesome! And has a master's of fine arts from SCAD, newly minted this past summer. So she has been building up towards this, and so there was some uh, some disagreements, creative differences that have led you to pursue. Uh, or abandon this particular project. Yes. Okay. Now, I will say this, Tazzy. I saw in the news that, you know, Atlanta's, you know, one of Atlanta's favorite children, little, little, little Nas X, or little, little, little <laughs> Nas X, oh has decided to take a break. And when I saw that, honestly, right. I, thank you. He's, he's taking a break from music for the moment because he's tired. And it made me reflect on the on your generation, the millennials, mm-hmm. and your lack of work ethic. Mm-hmm. Was the project too grueling for you that you said, fuck this, forget this? Oh, oh. Or was it legitimately a reason to walk away? It wasn't too grueling or anything like that. Like As you all have been listening, I've been talking about this for over a year. You have. Um, and we've been building up, so that means we spent a whole year organizing, getting it ready and all of that. But... There was um, a point that we just could not come back from. Um, the differences were too strong, and I had to walk away for the benefit of the project. Okay, okay, that's understandable. Tracy, you have been in the entertainment industry for how many years? 
um, professionally for 14. 14 years in the game. Yeah. Have you ever walked away from a project? Oh, all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are all kinds of reasons. Um, I think yours is legitimate um, when you don't feel respected, uh, when you don't feel heard, and it, when you feel like you're about to put some hands on somebody, you mm-hmm. definitely need to walk away. And sometimes projects don't really um, fit into whatever you're your goals are as an artist. Um, so I've walked away. What inspired you to start a career in the entertainment industry as an actress? What, what inspired this for you? I couldn't do anything else <laughs> well other than teaching, and I didn't want to teach. Um, so I had uh, one of my teachers at Tennessee State was like, you should audition for grad school. And I was like, oh, this is a grad school. Do I have to take the, what is it, the MCAT? The GRE. GRE or whatever it was. Okay, see, see, I I don't even freaking know. Okay, so um, I was like, do I have to take a test to get in? And she was like, no, this is your test. And so I uh, went out to New York and did the URTA auditions. And then I went to Chicago and did auditions for Roosevelt and uh, DePaul and... That's how I ended up at the theater school at DePaul University in Chicago. And so you pursued and received an MFA in acting. Mm-hmm. And so in that experience, what, what was the most valuable lesson that you learned? Ugh. Okay, first of all, I went to an HBCU, okay? So going into a private PWI uh, was a, a huge culture shock mm-hmm. for me, Um but what I, I learned from that is that when you walk in a room and they see that you black, they want you to be black. If that makes any sense in the world, I will break it down for you all. I went on a professional gig to, to audition for a Tide commercial. And the director says to me, oh, my God, you're so articulate. You're so good. Can you be a little more sister? So <laughs> what I took from my entire uh, DePaul, uh, I guess, conservatory training was that as much as they tried to beat my country out of me, beat my blackness out of me, I needed to hold on to that because there's something good in being who you are and not trying to erase that. So that's the major, major thing I learned. And stories like that are the reason why we need more black directors mm-hmm. um, and people behind the camera that are also black. Amen. So, Tracy, in 14 years, you've had a lot of roles, Mm -hmm. even more auditions, even more interest in roles. What has been to date your most coveted role that you were able to win or get that you you can just hang your head on and you say, of this I am most proud? There are a couple. Um, My major TV accomplishment is Black Lightning. Um, why Black Lightning? I guess in in that part of my career, I hadn't really been booking roles that were above five lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so this was my first guest star opportunity. And my mom was going through breast cancer, her breast cancer battle at the time. So I had I sent an email to my agent. I was like, if the audition is not worth me, you know, taping or leaving Tennessee, I'm not going to do it. And she was like, well, here's an amazing guest star opportunity. I think you'll like it. And so I did it. 
I was like, they're going to get somebody from L.A. They're not going to get me. I'm an Atlanta actor. And when I booked it straight off my self-tape, get on set and everybody embraces you, which is not uh, an easy feat when you're going on these sets. I mean, people have already established relationships Mm -hmm. um, with these actors and with the cast, uh, with the crew, Uh, directors and executive producers kind of treat day players differently. And so when I got on set and everybody was cool, and I, I don't know if it was it's because it's it's first season that they were cool and I was in like the second episode, but it just made me feel like wow I'm respected as an artist um, and I'm amongst my peers and so that's probably my most coveted TV experience. Now my most coveted theater experience has been um, the Mountaintop by Katori Hall. I was able to do that at Indiana Repertory Theater in Indianapolis, and I quit acting and auditioned for this role, not thinking I was going to book it. And it just really saved my life. It made me look at me uh, more introspectively and, and made me realize that there's nothing else that makes me happy other than acting and being around artists and creatives so that's it you really hit on a number of really great and great points and that number one you've been in this game for 14 years Mm -hmm. you have a bachelor's degree you have a master's of fine arts Mm -hmm. and you're still having to really grind out here to get to where you want to be and a lot of people, you know, of course, the podcast is all about the generational divide between Zennials, our generation, mm-hmm. Tracy, and Millennials, Taz's generation. And many Zennials, we have lived the struggle. We've gone through the time frame. We've suffered the defeats and we won the victories. Uh, and many Millennials really want everything immediate because it's a society now where things can be very immediate. You know, when we were simple, something as simple as photographs, mm-hmm. when we were growing up, <laughs> yeah. We had to literally take photos mm-hmm. on a camera, mm-hmm. get them developed, mm-hmm. to then find out you only had two photos <laughs> on a roll of 36 film that you would ever want to see again. Yeah. Millennials did the same thing. We yeah. had No, you did. But, it, but the world has evolved. The point of it is, that's just one minor example. Th- I'm just is that our you, generation that, is, we just, we're in a transition period. We lived in a transition. Yeah, you grew up with that all the way, but it's like, we started with that and we just watched the world move. Like, mm-hmm. we had little cassette tapes and then CDs. But in how fast... Right, but in how fast the world moves, <laughs> the point is, I've found that many millennials want immediate gratification and they want everything to be a fast process mm-hmm. when it, anything involving a career, I hate to say it, is a long game. I was reading a great article article in the New York Times that talked about STEM careers and how everyone wants to focus on STEM careers, but by the time people are 40, they found that people that have humanities careers have actually superseded the the academic growth of those in STEM careers if they stayed in the field. So people with English degrees and history degrees tend to make more at 40 and up than those who were in STEM fields, the majority. So that was an interesting point of fact that I found in this recent article in the New York Times. So, Tracy, what is some advice that you would give to someone who is considering a career as an actor or actress? Hmm. Uh, advice? Um, I get asked 
that question all the time. Like, um, how do I start mm -hmm. my acting career? And I think people think all they need is a reel and a headshot, and then they become famous, okay, right? Backstage, you know, yeah. they, they think that's all they need. Mm -hmm. And so um, I ask them, why do you want to get in, in this? I want to know, are you in it for the fame? Or are you in it for the long game? Then I, I ask them, have you had some kind of training? You don't necessarily have to go to a conservatory or a, a, a film school, but are you in classes? Um, are you taking workshops? Do you know who's in the industry in your city? Um, and if the answer is no to those things, then I know that they're not, in my opinion, serious about mm -hmm. this. Um, so the advice I would give to a young artist is to always study whatever it is you want to do. You can't be a hairstylist without a, a certificate. You can't be a mechanic mm -hmm. without going to school. Like anything you want to be, you have to have some kind of knowledge and training in it. Now, granted, there are some just talented people that come out the womb talented. Um, but even though those artists need acting coaches they need someone to kind of guide and steer them right. um you see a lot of new new artists kind of fall to the wayside you're talking about Lil Nas X um uh not wanting wanting to take a break take a break is what he said um, and then you see artists like um oh god Jason Mitchell who comes seemingly out of the blue right mm -hmm. he played um well you got to be gone now yeah he played Easy e in uh, the Straight Outta Compton film. And he, he, he just was, was walked out the streets of New Orleans and auditioned for something. And, and I mean, he was in a class, but it wasn't, he wasn't. Yeah. So what do you mean he's about to be there. gone? Well, he's, he's, he's like, we heard the scandal. And all yeah, that. he's, the he's scandal? had this big scandal. So, mm -hmm. so what has happened with this young man is that he showed his his talent, his skill in this film, and then he was given more opportunities, so bigger opportunities, where he was actually the star of his own show. The well, he yes. On Showtime. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the shy Showtime. My best friend Ty is on the show. It's hey a really there. good show. It's a really good show. Never seen it, but I'll give it a watch because you recommend yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, well, he has been able to get all of these things without really having to go through like the a, process. a real struggle. Well, he walks around as if y'all should know me. You know who I am. Mm. And when you have that attitude, like you know who I am and it's not because I've heard anything I saw it on his YouTube video when he snapped on the, the airline I think it was Delta Airline he didn't have uh, a first class seat well baby you missed your flight so at least they got you on this next plane mm. you know so the entitlement that a lot of young new newer artists have the give me give me give me right. you know mm. I don't have to work or, or be humble um, is is where I see a lot of the the, the newer right. younger generation. I watched. Um, so did he get in trouble for that video? Is no, that, no, no. So the scandal come from on the shy. He's mm -hmm. the main character on the shy. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were allegations and repeated like allegations and stuff being reported to producers and the showrunner that he was sexually harassing his co-star, which is actually his girlfriend on the show. Mm -hmm. To the point where she wrote in and was like, I will not return to the show because I keep telling y'all that 
Jason's harassing me, blah, 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 and I'm uncomfortable. And his behavior is inappropriate. Right. So apparently that's when Lena Waithe was under fire too because they were saying it was reported to her. She knew about it. She didn't change it in the first season or whatever. Let Jason come back. Mm -hmm. And now the other actress was saying like, this is too much. So it got... Like everybody knew about it, um, but not just, not just that. We're mm. missing an element that was reported and nothing was done. And then he gets on a film where there are three white women, oh, white does. actresses yeah. who who make the same complaints. And Netflix is like, we're jumping on it. We're gonna investigate and we'll get back with you. Yeah. And when they investigated, it circled back around to the shot. To the shot and oh, another show. Yeah. Show right before that he did. Oh, this he is what he does. Else. Yeah. And so that's when Lena caught a lot of flack for it. Because she should have caught a lot like, of flack. Lena, exactly. you knew about it before he started messing with these white women. Like, why didn't you handle it when it oh, was she, a black woman on your show that you created? Oh, she's on watch. She's just got to the watch list. Oh, my God. She's on the watch list. <laughs> so yeah, people were really mad at Lena about that. Because like, I'll, I'll cancel her, her too. Oh my God. I'll cancel well, Lena. Well, she, I think she, even she, though she wore the rainbow flag with brown and br- with black and brown stripes that make it ugly, I'll, I'll definitely oh have her on the God. list. She's on my, she's on the watch list. So, so when things like that happen, I think that you know we need to practice a little more humility when we're approaching uh, our craft in any way. I watched um, the Breakfast Club interview with Brian Grazer, who was an executive producer for everything, but more recently, Swagger that's coming out. Um, and he said, he told a story about how Eddie Murphy was um, being considered for, not the clumps, or the, yeah, Nutty Professor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eddie had never screen tested before. He had always been given his roles. And he was in a downturn in his career. And the producers were like, yeah, he needs to audition. And Brian was like, well, he wants to do all the characters. And they were like, okay. But he's still going to have to audition for all the characters. And when Brian went to him with that information, he didn't say, who do they think they are? Do they know who I am? Despite the fact that he had an established pedigree and tremendous box office success. He said he took that information and said, okay, and prepared for two weeks to audition for all those roles, those characters. And that's the kind of humility I think we need to have in our crafts of whatever kind it is. Right. So, wow. That is kind of, you know, I'm shocked. I, I have not watched the show, but I've heard great things about it. Do you know who Jason it. Mitchell is? I don't. Okay. I'm not going to be watching it now. So, like, I hope, are they going to kill it? Is this character the main yeah, character? Yeah, he's off the char- show. Uh, yeah. I'm apparently, they, I don't know what they're going to do, but they've already said he will not be returning for the next season. Wow. Interesting. So, and he was kicked off the movie that he was supposed to be mm-hmm. on and lost a couple of other upcoming opportunities, mm. too. And, and I, he stopped posting on social media. Yeah, so. and I think the biggest takeaway from that was, for me, is that this black female actress mm-hmm. made a complaint and and it was ignored. But some white women say then something. a white Ooh. artist says something and so we've got to do something about that narrative too. Yeah. In Hollywood. That's a problem. This is him. Wow. So, you know, let me see the, the young man. This is unfortunate uh, for him. You know, only 32 years old, immediate success. But there are definitely lessons in the ladder. As you climb that ladder to where you want to go, every time you achieve something or get to the next step, you learn on that step. So, unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to do that. But vile, inappropriate behavior is just not acceptable. There's a level of professionalism in every industry that he, you know he should have been able to adhere to as a decent 
human being. And I think people should also know that you can get redeeming qualities. Like, you can redeem yourself. It may take some time. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. You know, he went through all that stuff back in the 80s and 90s, and now he's been able to Mm -hmm. redeem himself. Be Iron Man. Yeah, and be be the face Um, of Marvel. Right, and be the face of Marvel. You know, I you're right, and that's something that I need to perhaps be a little bit more understanding about in return in regards to being able to, you know, because I, you know, some people are very anti cancel culture. Mm-hmm. People are saying it's out of hand. You know, people in Hollywood are now wanting to take a stand, but I'm all for cancel culture. If you get out here and you just and you do something stupid at best or harmful to another person at worst, you should be canceled. People have to make smart, informed decisions about how they spend their money and, more importantly, how they spend their time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to support a show that condones the harassment and abuse of black women, even if it's led by a black woman, to with my time. I'm just not going. That's just who. That's, that's what I believe in. She should have taken the Shonda Rhimes approach. And it, exactly, like there should that's have right. been no questions asked, investigation done. Oh, we've proven that you've done this. And okay, this is you've done got it. Especially in the Me Too era that we're living in, there's no excuses for that. And I really think there's also no excuses for the behavior, the consistent foolish behavior of your president, Donald Trump. As My we move president. into Monday's news story, oh. as we move into, as we, well, he's your president. He's there's no denying president. the fact. That Donald Trump is the president of the United States, despite the fact that he did not win the popular vote, mm-hmm. um, he did win the the presidency because of the Electoral College and that system that's set up. How long he's going to stay president, I don't know, because now we finally have an impeachment inquiry that is now getting ready to begin by the United States House of Representatives. That happened, of course, last week. And there's still a lot of questions out there about what this means and what exactly the process will be. Honestly, ladies, how knowledgeable are you of the impeachment process, what this means, and what will likely happen? Honestly. Um, I am not knowledgeable of it at all. I guess the last time they did impeachment process was for Bill Clinton. Yes, President yeah, Clinton I was, a child, was so I wasn't paying attention yep. to that back then. Yeah. He wasn't removed from office, but he was impeached, impeached by the United States House of Representatives, which was Republican controlled. Mm-hmm. The Senate at the time was controlled by Democrats, and the impeachment did not yield his removal from office. Prior to that, President Nixon was also impeached and went well. He the process started for him, but he actually resigned from office before the official impeachment could happen. Uh, He knew that he was not going to get the votes to stay in office, that he would have literally been impeached and removed. And so as a result, he chose to resign in lieu of impeachment. The only United States president to be impeached, or actually, we also had impeachment against Andrew Johnson, but he also wasn't removed from office. So impeachment has yet to yield removal from office for any of our United States presidents. But that may not be the case with President Trump, although I'm leaning towards the fact that he probably also will not be removed from office. What he's accused of is that he solicited support of a foreign government to interfere in the upcoming 2020 campaign uh, targeting his rival Joe Biden in order to gain information that he could use against his opponents if Joe Biden became the nominee or to stop him from becoming the Democratic Party nominee. Ladies, what do you think about the charges brought against President Trump? Take him out. I want him gone. But then... If he's impeached, what happens? Like, what's the next step? Who, my who pence, goes? And that will be oh, a disaster I mean, as well. It's probably even worse, ain't it? Here, here are my thoughts about 
this president and being impeached. I do not believe he will be impeached because he is a man who has brought so much money to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anybody says, money talks and you know the rest. <laughs> you know, so um I, I don't think he'll be voted back in. Uh but I don't think he'll be uh, impeached. He's, I don't he's think got I too agree. much power. Well and what it comes down to is that the Senate is controlled by Republicans and you have to truly have a majority of the Senate vote in favor of actual impeachment. And that's never happened. So um And it's too many people who are not willing to speak out against him publicly. Um, a lot of people say that I'll vote against him if they give us a, a, a anonymous vote. Mm-hmm. But if I have to come out, then see that's he's got too many fear tactics in place. And yeah, he's just got too much power. Everybody's too scared. It's a mess. But do you think that this whole entire proceeding is going to actually hurt the Democratic Party? President Trump says that this will be the downfall of the Democratic Party in the 2020 election and not only cost him the presidency, but also cost him a number of uh, very hard to win uh, re-election campaigns in the Senate and in the House. Because uh, in areas that are pro-Trump or semi-pro-Trump or somewhat on the fence, they're saying that people aren't in favor of this type of action. I don't know. Um, I I do think that we're going to have to go through some kind of crisis in order for me to to believe that the Democrats will be able to gain power. And when I say crisis, I mean like a housing, another housing crisis. Uh, We will have to go through some kind of turmoil for me to believe that. You know, I don't, to me, it's not about the Democrats having power or even having control, but I think it's about what's right for the country as a whole. And I Mm -hmm. think we're in a crisis. Mm -hmm. We're not in a financial crisis like we were in the recession. We're not in a a crisis where people are are in danger of losing jobs, losing homes, but we're in a crisis where America is in danger of losing its identity. Mm -hmm. The United States of America is the world's longest lasting democracy. It is a nation that values free speech freedom of religion, and the ability for every single person in this nation to feel as though they are part of the American dream. President Trump is single-handedly undermining everything the nation stands for and is being upheld by Republicans who up until this point have advocated for being Christian, advocated for being supportive of the nation and bleeding in the red, white, and blue, and it's being proven that that is not the case. They are frauds, they are liars, and that they are false. Because if they believed in this nation and what America was founded upon, and if they really believed in what makes America truly a nation of uh, a melting pot, a great place, then they would stand up to Donald Trump, demand that he steps down, and then put another Republican, Mike Pence, in his place. Mike Pence is in no means anyone I would ever want to see as president of the United States, but it has been proven hands down that he would probably be far superior to who we have in place, President Donald Trump. At least we would not have to worry about him going to another nation to, to interfere in this election as Russia did in the 2016 election. It's disappointing. It's heartbreaking, but I also do not believe it's going to yield anything fruitful in the upcoming election. So, guys, as we continue on, uh, Amber Geiger is the police officer from Dallas who broke into her neighbor's apartment thinking that it was her apartment, shot and killed both of Jean from St. Lucia, and is now finally going to trial. This has been, I think, a really... 
I know I'm watching it very closely to see what the outcome will be, but it's been revealed in testimony that while she was breaking into this man's house under the false pretense, she claims that it was her house. She was also sexting back and forth with a former co-worker. His name is Martin Riviera, a former police officer that she worked with. They had a 16-minute phone conversation back and forth uh, and that she was possibly distracted about that. Ladies, what any thoughts on Amber Geiger and how Lock this her ass up. I don't care. The video of her crying on the stand has been going on. It's been viral like, this week. I wish I would have died. Or she says she hates something. herself every day. And then, so that leads me to say, Lock her up you shouldn't have a problem going to jail yeah. for the murder that yeah. you committed. You Here's murder. the thing, y'all. I have, not to give you too much information, but I've been high before. Okay? I've been high before and drove my car home, got in my house, and got into my bed. So there's no amount of tiredness, exhaustion, I believe, that she could mistake a red uh, doormat for her home. Like, there's no, there is no way. Then on top of that, how are you the goddamn police? And you can't tell what apartment is your apartment. Like now you're terrible about your job too. Yeah, yeah. it uh-uh. just doesn't make sense. There's something else to this. She's I a murderer. Like, lock her up. Okay, well then there's that. So you guys feel no sympathy whatsoever. No. Murderer. Let me lock tell you something. Up. There is a, a a case going on now. Uh, I got called for jury duty. Thank God they didn't pick me. But <laughs> there's a case going. Me on Me too. Now. I actually have to go to jury jury duty on October seventeenth. Oh, for what case? Do you know? I don't know. It's just, you know, oh, I just got that summons. Well, I just got the summons, so I'm okay. going to go and do it, and we'll see. And please do it, by the way. I, we'll I talk agree. a little bit more. No, about I agree that you... Well, I think you can talk about it on, on the air. I think, number one, when you are called for jury duty, first and foremost, it is your civic obligation yes. and responsibility. So, I take that seriously, but as a man of color, a black mm-hmm. man, I know that, and having been to jury duty previously... There are not a lot of people in that room that look like me. Exactly. And it's important to have a jury of your peers and of the people. Mm-hmm. And if there's no diversity on the selection panel, then you don't have diversity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. And also, it's important to have people that are logical, sensible, and who understand the law. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to be selected, but if I am selected, I will serve and I will serve honorably. So that leads me to the, my jury duty case with the police officer Olson. Uh, who who killed uh, the young man? I, I can't. In DeKalb County, yeah. was having a schizophrenic episode. So um, I didn't want to do the case, but then when I learned more about it, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my God, this you know would have been a great opportunity for me to practice my civic duty." Yeah. Uh, because there's no no way you can tell me an unarmed person, okay, poses as a threat. You know, I don't care if he was coming towards you. I don't care what the case may be. They're unarmed. You can't tase this individual. Never. You mean to tell me that you are you are taught to shoot to kill only? Like I just how are you the police and you're afraid of unarmed people? Like you should not be a cop at all. Period. If the sight of a particular person, primarily black yeah. men scares you that much you should not be the goddamn police oh my god so do you feel as though it was a fear that she had internally that sparked this type of response absolutely 
And I agree with you. What about tasing? What about the number of other ways that so are non-lethal options. to simply, you know, help make, help to, uh, I, I want to say contain, I know that's the right word, but to help uh, immobilize some a, th- a thief. And how is one to respond when someone enters their home? It's like, his home. Am I supposed to be like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. You entered my home. Like, oh, how home, am I supposed to And for me, when I enter my house, I know the smell of it. Like, you it, know your house. It greets me at the door. So it's like, I don't believe you, my lady. No. You're not believing it. You think that you don't believe her. Mm-mm. A liar and a murderer. But I lock her up. I guess my I, thing I mean, is, I believe, why did you go right. into that home? No, I believe that like, she may have very well thought it was her house. I believe that. I think that, that that's plausible to me. But regardless of if it's accident or not, she murdered an innocent man. And she most certainly should do the crime for the murder that she has committed. Last week... We talked about H&M and Tazzy said that the hair issue with H&M was not the fault of H&M. H&M came back this week and uh, stated that they wanted to emphasize that kids will just be kids and that school-age kids who model for us come to the photo shoot in the afternoon after school and we aim for a natural look that reflects that. So the little girl's hair was not... H&M's fault. They're saying that that's how she looks and that's how she came to set and they filmed. They took photos. Listen. Is that okay? I think um, this little girl's pictures and the outrage that happened highlights another issue within our community that shows we're we're accepting of certain hair types and how they look and how they operate. You can't tell me those mm -hmm. kids in DeKalb County don't show up to school with their hair looking (laughs) like that. No, that's the truth. Like, when you go look at the H&M site, you see the kids, literally all the kids' hair be looking crazy they, because they're showing you, okay, kids are rough and tough in our clothes or whatever. But again, that little girl has a hair-type texture that has people outraged and feeling the type of way. Like, if there was a little girl with 4C hair and some strands were out, people would not be this outraged by, not 4C, like 3C or whatever the hell. The 3 is the number. I don't know. It's like curly, whatever. And what does it say to the kid that does look like her? You know, what does that, what does this message yeah, say because now to the, the kids? Social media is saying, you look crazy, you look a mess, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I can't, I can't grow hair. You know, I can't make my hair be straight when no, I'm, No, and I don't think know. that we should want kids to want to grow hair or make their hair straight, but every child's parent should make their child's hair look presentable. And I don't care what anyone in this room feels did and says. Her, I don't want to see it because that little girl, I, that, that little girl's hair was for. not that's okay. Were, I'm sure it wasn't presentable. First of all, the first couple There's days so of many ways this year, there that were you can. And after pictures going viral, and you saw this is how I sent my child to school. This is how they returned. This little girl had a wee ponytail in. She came home with no wee ponytail because <laughs> the kids be fucking rough. It was little okay. girls with braids in. Their braids was unraveled by the time they get home. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, that's a good and point. I, and I do think... Well, that might be a really good point. So yes, the mom sent her... But yes. I also think another point to add to And I have that a question to follow up, though. But, is the film Napoli Ever After? Mm-hmm. Is that Sanaa's character, her mother made her think that the only way she could get a man, get a good job, get anything of substance is is if she permed her hair and she wore it coiffed and it, it was styled a certain way and she realized when she cut her hair off 
had nothing to do with my hair. It has more to do with my inside. Mm. Right, so, and who you are, yeah. Yeah, so we, I think we need to focus a little bit more on that. If your mother was going to, Tracy, allow you to do a photo shoot for a national brand and a national advertising agency, would she have let your hair look like that? Absolutely she would. I have a picture to prove it. Okay. I'm going to tell her to take a snapshot. I have a picture. Uh, I played softball. And I had a, a nappy, I'm putting quotes in the air, bang. And then I had braids in the back. And she took a picture of it. And she <laughs> blew the picture up and framed it. But okay. like I told Dee last week, I'm sure they went to the mother in the campaign and was like, we want, this is how they look after school looks. When you go look at the white girls and the little white boys and the mixed girls and the other pictures from the H&M website on the kids section, mm-hmm. all of them have their hair looking a mess. Like, okay. that was the campaign. So, I, I, I'm more than happy to own up it to... It was the texture. And that's what I say. It exposed yeah. our community yeah. and how people view certain hair textures. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy to admit that perhaps I rushed the judgment in this case with H&M. Uh, but I won't be going to their website because H&M is still canceled for calling me a monkey. But uh, That is true. But I will own up to rushing to judgment. And maybe people are also rushing to judgment about the fact that Ice-T and his wife, Coco, allow their almost four-year-old daughter to steal breastfeed. Four? This has, little baby four? She's almost four years old. She'll be four years old in a couple of more months. And she is still, of course, breastfeeding. There have been recent photos out, but it's caused a bit of a sensation in social media. Is it okay for a child to still breastfeed at four years old? It's not poisonous to breastfeed with them type of implants in? Ooh. I that's, feel like that's not safe. I, I don't I don't know. Coco's titties are ridiculously fake. Coco's breast. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know. Are they fake? Are they that fake? I don't oh, know. Have you seen them? They're uh, like rocks sitting on her chest. I, to be honest, I really don't know Coco. Okay. You are silly. Oh man, you should maybe you should do some research on the stories that we talk about, huh? Well, I research the stories, but I don't always know the celebrity figures that come up. Yeah. And I are. research the stories in the fact that I find the new stories for the show. Either way, Coco's titties look scary. I don't think I know for a fact I would not want my child sucking on titties that look like that. Um that just does not seem safe. Like it's tainted, some lead in there, the milk ain't right. I just think I for me it's milk. a little uncomfortable to see what looks like a a shot like this is not a toddler this is a like this is big girl oh, like, a child is say mom pull out that titty yeah it's too I, I, late in the game for them to be when i was 15 i did this play and the the woman who played my mother was still breastfeeding her five-year-old son and i just remember at 15 years old how uncomfortable <laughs> when she would do it now when I see little babies doing it it's so I'm like wow that's adorable it's, it you know brings the mother closer yeah. to the baby and that. but this is a grown kid she can drive probably yeah so the <laughs> critics would say that that is your problem and that it's something that you have to work through but it's not fair to shame the mother or the child if that still feels comfortable for them at that age well do that at home or go into a stall they say they shouldn't have to well, we'll be ready for the back. But what we do have to do is end this Monday episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're excited for you to come back and check us out tomorrow where we're going to go deeper in some uh, things happening with Married to Medicine, McDonald's, at McDonald's, as well as 
Takashi69. Oh, man. It's going to be a really good episode. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. See you on Tuesday, guys. Bye, y'all.